It's a great day to live for Jesus. This is the In the Word podcast with Pastor Mike Grover, a chapter-by-chapter devotional journey through the New Testament where we will browse the background, discover the doctrine, and practice the principles of God's Word for us today. Who is Jesus and why is that such an important question? You know, this week as I sat in a leadership meeting with our staff, on the whiteboard we had written out what we would see to be all of the marks of a true disciple of Jesus Christ. And I asked around the room and I said, do you guys see anything that is missing in these five statements? And everyone felt like, yeah, they pretty well represented what a disciple of Jesus Christ is. Then I asked our intern, Lynn, and I said, do you think there's anything missing up there? And I loved her answer. She said, you know, we just need to look to Jesus because he's the example of everything that we ought to be. And if there's anything missing there, then there's something missing. I said, well, do you see anything you think is missing? And she said, no, I think it represents that well. Well, you know, Jesus is the sum total of all truth. Jesus is called the express image of the Father. He is literally God the Son. And John tells us when the creation took place in the beginning, that it took place by the words of Jesus Christ himself. This morning we're in Luke chapter 11. And we're going to look beginning in verse 45. And Jesus is in his normal dialogue with the false religious leaders of his day. And in verse 45, it says, one of the lawyers answered and said to him, Master, basically your sayings are rebuking us also. Now, when you think of a lawyer in Christ's time, we're not thinking of a lawyer today in the sense of an advocate that's going in the courtroom with us. Now, I'm not saying that could not have taken place. But it's a lawyer in the sense that they were kind of the guardians of the Torah, the Old Testament law, and they were the interpreters, and they were the ones representing that position. And in verse 46, it says, he said, uh, and Jesus said, Woe to you also, you lawyers, for you weigh men down with burdens grievous to be borne, and you yourselves touch not the burdens with one of your fingers. Woe unto you, for you build the graves of the prophets, and your fathers killed them. Truly you bear witness that you allow the deeds of your fathers, for they indeed killed them, and you build their graves. Therefore also the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they will slay and persecute, that the blood of all the prophets which was shed from the foundation of the world may be required of this generation." From the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, which perished between the altar and the temple, truly I say unto you, it shall be required of this generation. So Jesus is questioned by this lawyer, this religious leader, and really Jesus rebukes his and their hypocrisy. He said, you know, you are sitting there honoring the prophets and you're building monuments to them and you're decorating their graves And yet your fathers, your descendants killed those prophets. So the very fact that you are showing that these prophets deserve honor is really condemning the actions of your past ancestors who killed those prophets. Now, Jesus is pointing out this hypocrisy and he says in verse 50, he said that the blood of all the prophets, which was shed from the foundation of the world, will be required, he said, of this generation. And then he summed it up in verse 51. He said, from the blood of Abel 
to the blood of Zacharias. Now, why did he pick those two prophets or those two righteous men? First of all, Abel is the first life that was ever taken in scripture for being righteous. It goes to the first book of the Bible back to Genesis. Well, in the Hebrew Bible, the last book, the last historical book is Second Chronicles. And if you go back to Second Chronicles chapter number 24 and beginning in verse 20, you'll see that the last prophet that was slain was the prophet Zacharias. So basically what Jesus is saying by picking those two Old Testament names is from the first death of a righteous man at the hands of those who hated him to the last one, every bit of that is going to be laid upon this generation. It's going to be required of this generation. You see, the sum total of all consequences of the past killing of the prophets would be placed on the generation of the Jews that killed Jesus. Now, why is this? Because Jesus is the sum total of all the truth that was ever proclaimed by every prophet that went before him. You know, and you think about it, the cross is the sum total of all rejection of truth that ever took place. So in Christ's presence and in Christ's words, man, we have the sum total of all truth that ever came from God. And so here it is. Jesus is the truth. And even Pilate said, what is truth, right? John answered that when he said, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father but by him in John 14, 6. So Christ is the sum total of all truth. So what does that make the cross? It makes the cross the sum total of rejection of all truth that was ever proclaimed. And so these religious leaders in their hypocrisy are offended at Jesus. Yet Jesus says, you know what? You are just fulfilling the sum total of all the rejection of all truth that has ever been spoken. From Abel in Genesis all the way to Zacharias in 2 Chronicles, every evil deed that your fathers ever um, did against the truth it's going to be placed on this generation. It's going to be placed on you because in this generation, you're going to crucify me. And in crucifying me, you are rejecting all truth that has ever been spoken. So what's that mean for us today? What's that mean for us in this day, this morning? Well, I believe in other words, what he's saying is if you reject Jesus and you don't honor him, it really doesn't matter what tradition or religious ritual that you honor, because according to Colossians 2.9, Jesus is um, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So someone may have a great religion they honor or traditions that they really elevate. Well, it doesn't really matter how loyal we are to any of those things if we really are not honoring Jesus in our life and his words. You know, it's interesting to me when you look at every cult or false representation of Christianity, there's a common thread in every single one of them, is every single one of them take a swipe at who Jesus is. They either make him a common man and try to take him off his throne of deity, or they try to elevate some other person in their religious kind of um, paradigm above Jesus Christ. And somehow we have to go through someone else to get to Jesus, or Jesus has to answer to someone else. 
You say, why is it that it's Christ that false religion wants to take a swipe at? Because in him is the beauty of creation, the express image of God, the power of God put on display for all of us to see. And as Colossians 2 says, he's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So Jesus says all the rejection of truth that ever has taken place um, in their Jewish history, he said, will be laid upon the generation that rejects me because when you reject me and you don't honor me, man, you're rejecting the sum total of truth. You see, if you miss Jesus, you miss really it all because God doesn't have a plan B. There is no backup plan. Jesus is the way. He is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So the word for today is this, give Jesus the rightful place of honor in your heart today. For in honoring him, you are honoring all truth that has ever been spoken. Thank you for listening today to In the Word. Join us every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes as we continue our devotional journey through the New Testament.